0: Hi, I'm Jessica Schiller-Silverman, and I want to warmly welcome you to the Alive Podcast, where wellness and business come to life. I stepped away from a six-figure career in venture capital in San Francisco to start my own venture, all inspired initially from a podcast. Learn how in this powerful show full of golden nuggets that will help you learn how you can come alive in your creative prowess, while creating financial and energetic flow. Each episode will uncover my secrets to debunking the starving artist myth. Come on, enjoy the ride and come alive with me. Hey gorgeous, if you really enjoyed this episode and are wondering, how do I blossom these whispers within? To speak up, to stand out, to stop over-complicating the process, ruminating over every detail. I always say as a creative, your mind is always bubbling with ideas, but sometimes you struggle to see them through because you get lost in the overwhelm of information out there. Where do I start? What systems do I need? How can I make an impact on social media? Again, without letting all of the noise drown me from being online all the time and burning myself out. How can I attract a tribe of like souls and create a community around my purpose? And at the deepest level, how do I know that my work will matter? You were meant to create, you were meant to love, you were meant to attract, you were meant to make an impact. And to that, I invite you to join me to get out of your head and into your digitally savvy life. A community and a collective of gorgeous souls, just like yourself, who want to hear the whispers of their soul, being born into the world to make a difference and make an impact, and hey, why not a little income on the side to truly work their creative. I invite you to join me and check it out at bit.ly backslash your biz. Have a fabulous day. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Alive Podcast. Today, I am honored to be in conversation with Katie Kremitzos. Who is Katie? Katie is a mom, wife, adventurer, podcaster, seeker, and changemaker. She is committed to brightening the light of women around the world through her work under the Women's Meditation Network, guided meditation podcasts and resources created for women and those who identify as women so they can use the tool of meditation to know themselves and consciously create lives they love. Her podcasts include Meditation for Women, Sleep Meditation for Women, Morning Meditation for Women, and Sleep Sounds for Women. She is a writer at heart, has a soft spot for animals and Mother Nature, loves a good margarita, and treasures the job of raising her two girls. But on a creative sense, what do you get when you raise a girl in the Arizona desert With five siblings, a strong matriarchal mom, a soft-spoken feminist dad, and an innate desire to live big, you get Katie Kremitzos, an ever-curious woman who continues her evolution as a loving being of light, who has fun being a mom, wife, creator, and friend in this life, whose softness and wisdom has often come as a result of painful experiences, whose ego is always trying to get the best of her who's deeply in love with a Greek man she's definitely known in another life, who's lived through 12-step programs, athletics, and half a dozen businesses, who creates meditations for women as songs to light their souls and wants to save all the animals of the world. She believes life keeps on getting better the older she gets. And so far, she's right, and she's here. Welcome, Katie. (laughs) Hey, girl. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. It's truly an honor. Yeah, and I had to read both sides because I always open my podcasts with a simple but very intricate and deep question for every one of my guests, which is, "Who is Katie Kremitzos?"
1: Well, uh, in addition to like the the beautiful uh, descriptions you just read, um, I really am just a soul here. At any given moment, like just trying to live a life that feels really meaningful. and and I have done that in some way my entire life, very consciously, very um, intentionally, before I even knew what those words were. Um, and I feel like every single day is just some sort of new adventure on how to do that, how to live deeper, how to live more, um, how, how to make the most out of this world and out of this life and try to understand it better. and uh, a lot of that comes with facing some dark stuff within yourself and, you know, transforming beyond that. And uh, some of that is just simply shutting off the mind and enjoying what's around. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's who I am. I have, you know, a thousand other words I can use to identify myself, um, but you read a lot of them there. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, I really think that's who I am. I'm someone just trying to to find and to to experience the depth of this life for myself.
0: Yeah. And that's such a beautiful response. And really my every intention with this podcast, right, is called ALIVE. It's also an acronym, but it's the coming alive, right? What does it feel like to not just live, but be alive in this existence? Like you said, conscious, present, and just experiencing every moment. And sometimes, yeah, that does involve some darker times, but they're there to teach us a lesson, right? And sort of, I believe, lead us back to the light.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know why or how, but somehow at an early age, uh, I mean, I'm sure I could um, really give my parents a lot of credit for this, but somehow at an early age, I just knew that, you know, sort of this scripted life of, you know, go to school, you know, get a job, get married, have kids. That always felt very vanilla to me. That always felt very like, like, you know, sort of that very typical, um, you know, boring life script that we sort of see now. And and you know, this idea of just doing something that you're so unhappy with, but doing it because you quote unquote need to. At an early age, I just knew I was like, why in the world would I do that? That doesn't make sense at all. And somewhere along the way, I developed uh, what I you know funnily call, uh, a low tolerance for unhappiness. And I meaning like, as soon as I would be unhappy doing something like legitimately, like, yeah, this is not a fit anymore. (laughs) I would change. I would switch. I would get out of it. I would figure something out because, uh, even if it felt like a really big, oh my God, life shattering decision to make, um, because I just wasn't willing to, to lead a life that was, that was that, that was, Boring and vanilla, and I'm just doing it in order to do it because I feel like I should. Like that just never that never really sat well with me.
0: Yeah. And that that resonates so much with my soul as well. Like as you were saying that, like I have goosebumps because that's so much of a part of my story. Like I remember also being that little girl sitting there wondering, like, is this what life is about? And if so, like, I don't know if I want to be a part of it. And I know that's a little bit dark, but there were points in my past where I just contemplated, like, do I even want to be in this existence? Because I didn't know something else existed beyond that reality, right? Of the white picket fence and the nine to five and the, you know, $100,000 job and, right? And the kids in the van and all of that. Um, And in a lot of ways, I still live my life very unconventionally. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because I have the kids in the van and a a black picket fence. But, you know,
0: but but, like all of
1: those things are so consciously chosen and created and- And you could, you could wrap, you could rattle off these things about me. You know, she has this, 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 she is this, 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 and they sound very normal and, you know, very much like, oh yeah, check. She's successful. Check. She's a mother. Check. She's married. Check this, but none of those things make do anything unless there's meat behind it, (laughs) unless they're real. I don't really care if I, if I have the minivan because it looks like I should have the minivan, right? Like I care because the minivan holds value in in like how I move my family around. Like everything holds value. Everything is consciously created um, and nothing is put on that list without it being like grown from the ground up and harvested to get there, you know?
0: Yeah, and I, and I love how you say that because there's a clear difference between, like you said, the meat, like the intention behind your choices and just doing it because... You have to, or you think society will ostracize you if you don't do right all the things on those checklists. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So, you identify as a woman. What does it mean to you to be a woman in today's world?
1: Oh, I don't know if I know the answer to that question. (laughs) I, for me, um, and part of the fire that I have. To do work with and for women in this world is this strange dichotomy, knowing that every single one of us is so different and has a different journey and has a different, you know, um, has a different painting. Like we're all so different. And yet I believe that there is a universal experience that really connects us. And for me, that just means, um, an enormous amount of, like spiritual, in like t- attunement to cycles, rhythms, um, emotion, uh, you know, um, and and all the things, and and so it's just really. I think it's really interesting, and I think that obviously there's sort of you know social. Ways that we are raised that really distinguish men, women, right? And and a lot of those end up becoming true for me. I I actually, I considered myself like an angry feminist back in my college days. I I will deliberately label it that, because um I remember learning for the first time like what you know how what sort of societal things were created in order to keep women women, um in or in order to. Oh, make us, um, just, there's so many things that were sort of like created in order to, to, for lack of a better term, like keep us in our box. And I remember being so stinking angry about that. (laughs) And, um, and so very much like bucking the system in a lot of ways and becoming sort of this rebel for the sake of being a rebel, you know, at the age of 20, 20 years old going like, I'm never having kids. I'm never getting married. I'm never going to be skinny because society tells me to, so screw off. Right. So. I got really big. I absolutely didn't, you know, date or didn't do anything there. Um, I explored my own gender and sexual desires. Like I, I did things on purpose to try and expand what I was told is a woman and tried to like explore what that actually meant for me. And, and interestingly, just as the years have passed, I'm 43 now. So, you know, that feels like a lifetime ago. I really consider my feminism such an individual, um, and my sense of, of womanhood, such an individual and special, um, experience and identity. So, so that's probably, that's a really big non-answer really, (laughs) is that like simultaneously we're all, you know, and I'm writing from a space of like, Hey, I feel like we can all connect with this very human emotion, right. That I think, um, i can that i think speaks to a lot of women in particular because we've shared this experience in this world and sort of walking these paths and and trying to sort of like make our own mosaic of ourselves and then at the same time it's like well, well i mean that's just me like i can't sit here and expect that everyone has had that experience so so i've i've definitely developed into into sort of a more individualism you know like where we really just are all individuals and whatever you want to put on that is all good to me <laughs> you know
0: Wow. I love that. I love how you kind of guided us through a journey. Like that was, I know you're an adventurer, but that was like a whole experience <laughs> in itself, right? All the way from the angry feminist to everything that you are today. What would you say, like, was there a defining moment or was it just a subtle shift from that angry feminist? Because when you think about just gender aside, like masculine and feminine yeah. energy, like I always think that when you come at life or women being oppressed or ostracized. And trust me, I have a million stories. That could be a whole nother podcast where you and right. I can, can right. talk about the injustices that that we've experienced as women in the world. But I think to come at it with a feminist perspective is, is of the masculine, right? Versus that softer feminine embodiment, right? That I see in you today.
1: Yeah. So there's, I'm, I want to like highlight like three points in my time, uh, in my life. So The first is sort of pre, what I would consider pre-feminism, like really growing up, as you read so beautifully, like I have uh, a very matriarchal, very strong mother, Uh, you know, out of the six kids, uh, five of us are girls, one's a boy, my dad, this soft, beautiful feminist. So I was, I didn't know that people and women specifically, girls specifically were told that they can't do stuff. Like that just wasn't even in the realm of our realities growing up it was just like you do what you love and everything's fine there's no restriction on what and who you can be like i just was not raised with my parents definitely did not impart any of those societal expectations on us they themselves built their own version of marriage and 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 family and what worked for them And, um, and it was really beautiful as far as like, for example, like, uh, roles in the family, like, you know, my mom's role versus my dad, dad's role. Like it wasn't like, oh, they're doing that because it's scripted. They did it because it worked for them and they, and it changed throughout season. So I grew up really like not, uh, not getting at all that there was this larger societal thing called, okay, you can't do that because you're a girl or you need to stay in that box because you're a girl. So, my first taste of that was in college. This is the second moment when, you know, I was taking gender and communication and women's studies one one, and that was the big what? <laughs> what? like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. And, um, so I get really angry. Fast forward is really the third moment. um and that was so i what was I? I was twenty ish nineteen twenty, I think when I was in college doing the the angry feminist thing um that really lent itself towards me gaining a lot of weight, very, very, um, rebelliously. Like I'm not going to manage my weight. I'm not going to fall into diet culture. Screw you. I'm going to be loud, big, bold, and beautiful. And you will love me for it. <laughs> and, um, and so I gained probably, I mean, over college, I probably gained like 60 pounds, um, and just didn't care. I was like, this is me. So I was 22 years old, moved to Florida from Arizona um, and was at the height of that weight. And I just remember looking in the mirror one day going like, I am not happy. Like, I don't feel good in this body. Like, like, let me take away all these shoulds that I've been telling myself and all these fights that I've been fighting for no one else. Really? Like, let me take that away, strip that all down and let me ask myself what I actually want. And I, the reality hit, like, I couldn't ignore what was in front of me, which was like, I am not happy. I'm not Feeling good in this body, and I need to move it towards uh, more optimal health for me, right? Like it has nothing to do about the weight. It doesn't, It's. I'm not doing this because society's telling me I need to be this. I'm doing it because I need to feel aligned with mind, body, soul, right? So uh went on a, a health journey, uh, lost a bunch of weight, developed an eating disorder in there at some point, uh, and came definitely healed from that. And that's a whole separate conversation. But the last point that will really drive all this home is, um, Chris, my husband and I were dating and we had been dating for like three years two, two two and a half years, something like that, two years. And, um, I remember we just like, I just remember feeling like this en- enormous, like, Oh my God, I want to marry this man. And I can't explain this. Like it just was this weird knowing. And I had such chaos going on in my mind because that same concept like well no i'm not, i don't need to marry anyone like i i don't i don't need anyone i don't need to marry anyone i don't need a government piece of paper to tell me that <laughs> that we're in love and it it ended up being a really hard conversation for us to have and i i felt so stupid i was just like dude i'm like having a mental breakdown because i want to marry you and yet i've got so much history telling me and all these stories telling me that I, I can't marry you and I shouldn't marry you. And he's like, oh, my God, I think you're crazy. <laughs> um, and anyway, the point is, is that like, really, at the end of the day, it, you know, these moments were when of breakdown ended up being moments of breakthrough because I could look myself very honestly in the eyes and say, OK, what do you really want? It doesn't matter. What society script for me is? It doesn't matter what my rebellion against this society script is. Those are almost harming me as well. So, like, what do I? What does my soul actually really want right now? And let me move forward with those things. So, um, so the it's been it's been really interesting watching that stuff you know come to fruition because of those tough moments.
0: Yeah. Wow. Gosh. Again, like body bumps now. Not even just kiss bumps of your story. <laughs> I mean, because, and, and I'm sitting here laughing and shaking my head as you're even talking. I mean, you can see me, the listeners can't, but so much of your story resonates with mine in the sense of like this inner rebel. But the funny thing is, and I'm sure you've learned this along the path too, or maybe someone listening is is sort of in that liminal space too, where they're, they had the breakdown or they're in that abyss and they're looking to break through, or they know there's another reality that they can't quite see yet, right? But it's it's there, that seed is planted within their mind. Is that rebellious spirit works against you, right? That's kind of the funny thing. It's like you think you're rebelling against the government, against society, against right societal expectations. But something I've learned along the way is like doing all these things for yourself, like you said, like losing the weight, or you know, getting married, or all these traditional norms is a form of self love.
1: A right? thousand percent. You take care yeah. of
0: yourself, right? Instead of seeing it as rebellion, like "f the system." right? What if you see that as a way to love and nurture yourself? Because to rebel, right, especially with the weight, and that's, I have the same story as well. Like there was a point in my path where I said, my mother, my whole life told me don't eat this and don't eat that. And she tried to help me. I went to college and I just said, F all this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I gained not just freshman 15. It was more like 30, 40. Then it got to a point where it was almost 75, 80. Yeah. And like you, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, who, who am I doing that? Like the joke's on me because I'm only sabotaging myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That takes some hard honesty though to see that. Yeah. I think that to, you know, to really zone into that point, it, it, when you really lead from a space of internal desires to live a meaningful life for you, all of the things outside lose their labels and you get the freedom to choose what works for you. And it doesn't really matter what, what, you know, label it has that, oh, the man wants me to do that. Oh, my mom wants me to do that. Oh, you know, that looks good in the eyes of these people. Like none of that stuff actually matters if it makes you happy and fulfilled and, and brings you light yes. and, and the older you get. And, and this is just, I think part of the passageway of, of being that rebel or, or designing a life really you know, you start to, to, you care. And then the more you start to embody it, you really don't give a shit. And, and I really like to think that, you know, these days, something that I have been told, and I really feel this, and I'm very honored that people can see this reflection in me, is that I just am who I am. Like, I am very unapologetic about the fact that I, you know, have two girls and I'm a mom. I have no problem, you know, shaping my life around that because that's a priority for me. Um and I am very unapologetic about the fact that I'm married and that I'm a woman and that I'm this and I have choices that are very traditional and I have choices that are very non-traditional. Like I I'm very just totally settled in who I am and confident with that because each of those choices have been very conscious and And so I don't really care what label anyone else puts on that. That's not what matters to me. That's not what gives me any sort of fulfillment. What gives me fulfillment is that I have chosen those and the label doesn't really matter.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's the intention behind it, right? Like we talked about before. And I really love, you reminding me of what you said earlier too about happiness, right? Like if something doesn't bring you joy or doesn't make you happy, you surrender, right? You shift, you change that thing. And I think so many people just walk through life. Either fearing the change or creating a mountain out of what it would take, right? Yeah. Overthinking. I mean, that's that's my mo. But yeah. really, it's it's simple and it's not right. It's just okay yeah. if something doesn't bring you joy. If it if it doesn't work for you, don't do it.
1: Yeah, right? it's terrifying.
0: Intentional.
1: Yeah. It, it. But to hit home there, like it's it's terrifying. Like it's actually it can be very scary in those moments for a gazillion <laughs> of reasons, right? And I'm very grateful that my parents allowed me to learn this lesson on my own very very early um as far as like making choices for making very adult choices for myself at an early age and and walking that path of the choices that i've made and being able to shift and then make another choice like you know the quick story is that i was um i was an athlete growing up and i went to uh Arizona state with a, an academic scholarship and a ton of I got a ton of um, just scholarships. I probably got like forty grand of scholarships because that's another story. But um, so I here I am, my first you know freshman year in Arizona State, and going to school, everything's paid for. It's all like my entire college is paid for basically at this point. So I'm two months in, and I'm like, dude, I really miss softball. Softball was my big. I was I did every sport that I could back then, but softball was my big one. So. I was like, man, I really miss softball. So I tried out. They had open uh, walk-on tryouts for the Arizona State team. And I made it, I made it, I made it, I made it until I didn't make the last cut. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks. So then I had to like s- take a serious look at myself and be like, I really still want to play. Like, I, There's something unfulfilled here. So trying to be resourceful, I was like, how can I still play and have this college experience that I really want to have? So I found that uh, one of the local community colleges uh, had tryouts. So I went and tried out, made the team. But in order to play over there, it, in order to be eligible to play, I had to be a full-time student at that college. In order to keep all my scholarships at Arizona State, I had to be a full-time student there. So I was like, I, I can't be an athlete and do and have take twenty four credits, basically. <laughs> like that's yeah. seems a little insane. So basically, I was in this conundrum of like, um, okay, well, I still want to live on campus. so how do I do that? Um, so like what what are the options here? So basically, I discovered like i w- I had to choose between, do I want to keep playing softball? Um, or do I want to keep all my scholarships? Because if I choose softball, that means I have to like drop most of ASU making like giving like giving away all those scholarships, basically. like now my college is not paid for. Or do I keep the scholarships and just, you know, play co-league or something else and, and figure that out. And I remember being on the phone with my mom, 18 years old, and I'm telling her all of this and kind of going through the pros and cons. And my mom very wisely was just like, Katie, whatever you decide to do, you'll be fine. Like whatever you decide to do is fine and you'll figure it out. So I made the very hard decision to, uh, say goodbye to my scholarships, go play softball. Wow. So I went and played there and I discovered that I only needed to have one credit in order to stay in the, the uh, dorms on campus. Cause that was really important to me to like, still have like that college experience. <laughs> so for two years, I played softball over at the community college, went to, co- went to school there and then took one class a semester at Arizona state Stayed in like, still had like my community there. I still had like the college experience. And so you would think that, you know, the story ends there like, oh, great job, Katie. And then she went off to be like this professional softball player, which is really what I wanted to do. Right. Well, guess what happened? Two years later, I'm totally burnt out of, of softball. I don't want to play anymore.
0: <laughs>
1: you would think, oh, well, I shouldn't have made that choice. But guess what? That all that two years, I uh, was able to like use all that other scholarship money that I had. Like basically I figured it out two years later, done with done with the community college. I And I'm like, okay, resourceful. Now what are my choices? So I could be happy. I really want to be back over a full-time at Arizona State. Well, so I got a resident assistant job, which paid for room and board. And then I had like a a, a serving job that paid for, you know, tuition or whatever. So I was like, okay, and it was amazing. Like that was just the coolest, different, like puzzled piece together experience that I could ask for. So that was eighteen years old. I was making big decisions. So you have to imagine that, My entire adulthood, I have like that muscle has become very strong. So I know when I am being when I feel like this isn't right anymore and I need something different. Yes, the fear comes up, but it doesn't really stay very long because I know I'm resilient enough to figure it all out. And I know that 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 voice is going to ultimately guide me to where I need to go. So, you know, I had um, gosh, how many years ago now? In 2014, I started my first podcast, Biz Women Rock. It was an interview show, like I was mentioning before. And in 2018, however many, you know, four, almost five years later from that, I was pregnant with my second kid. And the moment I got pregnant, I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want, I don't know why. I just don't want to do this anymore. It was a very profitable business, it was doing very well. I was a coach and strategist. And so I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that this didn't take processing and didn't take time and didn't take a lot of soul searching, but like the short story is I completely let that business go to build the women's meditation network. And I say that because like everyone reflects back to me like, oh my God, that's crazy. I can't believe you just said, I can't believe you transitioned. Like that's not an obvious transition, right? Like, (laughs) and it was terrifying. And I'm going from selling $20,000 coaching packages to like, you know, seven or $7 $7 digital programs online. Like, what are you doing, Katie? But I'm like, I, if, if I know that that's the right answer and I know I'm not happy with that anymore, I'm going to trust that this is the way I need to walk. Yeah. So 20 plus years, so, well, I'm 43 again. So like, you know, many 40-ish years, I, may, I have been making decisions like that in some way, shape or form. And the, the more I do that, the stronger that muscle gets, the louder that voice gets. And, and I have an enormous amount of trust in it.
0: Wow. I just, again, I love how you took us through this journey, like from the age of 18 to then the evolution of Women's Podcast Network, because I see it as kind of like a priming, right? Like that decision. and, And I have, again, as I'm saying this, like that decision at the age of 18 to go with your gut and do what you love Right? Even if it may not have worked out. I mean, the end result isn't really what matters again. Just like you say it's not the label, it's not the end result. It's like where did this guide you? Yeah. And I have a mentor that told me this and it just it all intertwines to your story. There are no right or wrong choices in life. There are just choices.
1: Mhm. Right? Because it just puts you one step further towards something and you can always make a different choice 10 steps later. Like
0: it, you can
1: always matters. decide different things. Yeah. So there's nothing is permanent nothing is permanent. So, you know, that, that feels really light, you know, like, okay, I can, I can, I can make a change. If this doesn't work, I can change and I can, I can figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, it speaks to your resilience, right? Because a lot of people listening might say, wow, like, especially the business decision to walk away from something that was very lucrative and very profitable to just surrender that and say, Hey, this isn't working for me. Right. But maybe if you hadn't done that, the whole evolution of women's meditation network, right? There's no maybe.
1: It it absolutely, well, it wouldn't have happened at this time and in this way. Like I think it eventually would have happened, but yeah. Um, Yeah, and that's why, I mean, that example is is just a perfect snapshot of like why I can't imagine sitting at a job where I'm just doing something that I'm miserable doing and then like living this rote life that just isn't lighting me up. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to do, to make decisions like that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, that's, that's living. That's what makes you alive. Right. That's what like this gives those sparks and like really challenges you. i like, okay, fear's coming up. What do I do with this? Okay. Where are all my tools? Like, okay. Like not, I'm not good enough. It's coming up. How do I deal with that? Oh ca- crap. I just made a really bad decision. Okay. Because of that voice. Okay. So how do I maneuver from there? What do I learn from there? So like that to me feels like an exciting life, you know, versus like, Eh, I don't really want to do this anymore. And believe me, I did that. I was in a job before I started my entrepreneur experience. And it was that. So, you know, you mentioned that timeline that there's been a lot of priming and a gazillion other decisions made in in between those two things, quitting my job, like (laughs) all of those things, like, and it is a muscle, but that's the muscle it takes to live an intentional life.
0: Absolutely. That's the whole intro to this podcast, right? I stepped away from a six figure income and people just like you, they said to you, you're crazy. Like they said that to me because I didn't even have a backup plan. Yeah, Like I had no backup plan for income. My husband and I, well, we weren't even married at the time. We were mm-hmm. engaged living in San Francisco with astronomical rent and cost of living. Like none of it made logical sense. But like you, I felt guided. And I just trusted that that something would would click something would work out a door would open an opportunity would present itself and it does and it, and it continues to in the now eight years in the evolution of this business of this podcast of everything that i've done yeah. because i just continue to say just like you yes to what matters to me yeah. Yeah. and in hope be a light to everyone else because and especially this podcast a podcast inspired me to do that mm. listening we spent three hours in the day uh commuting tube in from San Francisco and I remember listening and like as you were telling me your story I was like I hope someone listening is maybe in that scenario like me and I was 7 8 years ago where they're just on the commute and they're listening and they're like oh my gosh they don't see a way out and then they hear your story Katie and they're like wow I can do this cuz that's yeah. that's where it clicked for me and that's why I'm so passionate about giving back on this podcast Yeah, because one episode one story it can completely change someone's life. It gives them yeah. hope, first of all, yeah. and then intention. And from there, obviously the action piece. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, good on you, girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So what inspired, I know meditation is a big part of your life, and I'm sure a huge part of, of your spiritual path and the whole evolution of this, this priming, right, to, to the work you do today. But what inspired specifically the Women's Meditation Network and your mission behind that?
1: Um, kind of right back into the story that I was just telling, I, I'll get deeper into what happened. So, you know, I just found out I was pregnant with our second and it just, cl- I don't know what happened. It literally was like, I don't want to do Biz Women Rock anymore. I, I'm done with it. <laughs> and, um, you know, to, it, w- it was, it was like, it had just hit a hundred thousand in revenue the prior year. And it was poised to triple in business. So to hit 300,000 in revenue that year, it was 2018. So here I was April, it's hitting all the marks. It's on that trajectory. It's going there. Like there's no, there's no, like, it's not going there. It's going there. And all the things are clicking in place. And here I am going, nope, nope. I don't want to do this anymore, which was terrifying to me. So what the, the moment of of birth for the women's meditation network was about a month later when I knew when I knew that when that idea came up I was very scared and very confused and very much like I don't know what to do with this Um, I know enough to listen to that voice but I don't know what to do so Chris and I would go on walks every single day and um in the you know while i was kind of figuring stuff out i really just pulled back on social media that business back then was very much like i had to be online all the time my face out there promoting this xyz putting on workshops putting on all that stuff and i was like i like i just don't have it in me to do all that so i kind of pulled back which was scary but then was like i just need to go inside and figure out what's going on so chris and i would go on walks every day and i would just vent and talk through what i was feeling every single day and he beautifully listened to me and about a month into these walks, you know, one day I'd be like, "Oh my god, I just I'm I'm gonna quit everything. I'm gonna be a full time mom. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be it, right?" And the next day I'd be like, "No way, I could totally do this. I I see plenty of women doing this. I'm gonna push through. I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna make my business work around my babies. I'm gonna hit millions and still have this, you know, have my family." Like. So whatever. So, you know, one day I've been, I'm done venting out all of the things. And he looks at me and he says, well, what about that meditation idea? So the story, and this was in May. May? Yeah. Th- this was April, I think late April, early May by this point. So in January, so a few months prior th- to that, I was at a CEO retreat, kind of building up my business plan, you know, for the next year or two. And one of the many ideas that I had had in figuring out what I could do with my then podcast and sort of expanding the podcast itself was a meditation podcast for women. So I came home, I told him about it. He got lit up. My husband knows the podcast industry. So he like within seconds, he was like, Oh my God, that's a huge idea. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I didn't do anything with it because it really wasn't in line with the bulk of the business, right? It really didn't make sense for that business. So now here we are all these months later, and he's let me talk things out. And he says, what about that meditation idea? And I say, well, what about it? He says, what about it? <laughs> and so we just started brainstorming on like, what could this thing be? What do you want to do, Katie? Like, what what were your thoughts, you know, a couple months ago? What do you think you could do here? And what became very clear pretty quickly was that this could be my next evolution of Of work with women in the world. And it didn't make sense to anyone looking from the outside. Like, Katie, how could you go from a business show supporting women entrepreneurs to freaking meditation? Like that doesn't make sense at all. But I got it. I was like, no, no, no. Here I'm helping women, you know, and, you know, I was helping women grow their businesses. But in that we were, we were always unpacking personal, you know, emotional shit. So like, it was like, okay, like I... There's a lot here that I know women, messages women need to hear, not just me. I know, you know, I'm experiencing it with my clients, but, you know, women at large, I think, need to hear some of these messages. So I knew that it could be this next evolution of women in the world done in a way that was incredibly global and individual, meaning I could reach millions, possibly billions of women at any given time. And I could be in their ear in such an intimate way and speak to them in such a one on one way that I could touch their consciousness like i could really touch their soul with the words that i was saying right mm-hmm. so that felt really amazing i was like oh man that's awesome like i could reach an even bigger audience and and from a space of wanting to make a big difference the second thing that felt really good and that made a lot of sense was that i could build a business with a completely different business model which terrified the pants off of me but in doing so i could create a a, a business that gave me a lifestyle of freedom I didn't have a lifestyle of freedom with a coaching business. I had, I make money when people show up, I make money when I show up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this business model was very, and it, believe me, it was great. It was wonderful. There was, there was an element, there was a lot of freedom there. I mean, I had a lot of autonomy obviously, but basically if I didn't show up for clients because something happened, like I'm, I need to move that around. I need to, um, make money another way. So, um, And believe me, there are people right here who would be like, oh, but you could have done ABCD. Yes, of course I could have. But I didn't have the ganas to do it. I just didn't do it. Right. So, um, so then I knew like building a business model where I was creating an evergreen product. Like I was creating each of these meditations as an evergreen product. And in doing so, I could really biz- build this business model in a way where I didn't have to show up for anyone at any given time, and that felt so good. Knowing I was going to have an infant and a toddler, and knowing that I really wanted to have my hands deep in motherhood. So, um, so yeah. So that was really the moment. And and out of and I was very clear right away that it would be a network. I was very clear, like, hey, this is going to be be many shows. I know I could see that. At the time in the industry, there wasn't any. There was one other meditation podcast that w- that was dedicated to women, but it was it was uh, tra- for transcendental meditation, so very specific. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to own. I'm going to own this band. I'm going to take up this entire niche. Um, and so that's, what's happened. Like I, I now have seven shows. I know you mentioned four. Um, I obviously hadn't updated my bio, but, um, I now have seven shows. I will most likely have 10 by the end of 2022. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm very conscious about like, no, this is, I want to be the behemoth taking up this space in the podcast industry. Uh, if you are seeking meditation and you type in meditation and you see meditation for women, like, boom, that's me that you, that is going to be me. And a good portion of the population will choose that.
0: Wow. I mean, I'm just speechless from this whole story, but I just love, it's like a mic drop moment What you just said, <laughs> like when someone goes in the app searching, because that's what I did. I think I typed in spirituality on my commute to work, trying to find a podcast, right? And there's, there's so many apps for meditation, but I think having it within the podcasting realm, especially in the niche of women, is so needed, and yeah. so there, right. And yeah. so for you to just kind of put your mark on that and your stamp on that is, is so beautiful and, and how it's evolved. So I really yeah. just, again, just <laughs> kudos to you. Like, <laughs> I can't even express um, just my gratitude for having you on this podcast and just getting to to know you at a deeper level. Like I know what you've done, but but to know the evolution of what's behind that. It's yeah. just really, really, really beautiful.
1: Oh, but thank you. And it, it's not to say that there are have not been and still are incredibly dark moments and incredible like very like I don't know if this is right or wrong kind of moments. I don't know if that's the right thing. You know, it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows, like life is not. But um is, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, it's it, it's my path. Like I am very aware, like. Okay, I get to create this, and I'm very in tune with like what feels right right now. Like, um, you know, what's the season I'm in right now, and what feels good there, and how can I just put all of me into that in the best way? And and I think by doing that, like it it naturally creates all the results, right? Um, so it's exciting. I'm I'm having fun. Like it's I'm four years into it. I'm having so much fun. I feel like it's a constant challenge to the mind to the business owner mind, to the creative mind, the writer mind. Um, and and it's just a constant challenge in, in the most exciting way. So I'm having fun doing it.
0: Mm. And it's such divine timing. I know I mentioned this a little bit to you before we started the recording. Listeners may not be privy, but I am on this journey myself, shifting from that in the business right type model where it's I'm always there, I'm coaching, I'm showing up, I'm leading group programs, retreats, etc., to more of this hybrid model of recording meditations, getting on Insight Timer, sort of building my own sort of network or maybe being a part of your network, hopefully in the future, uh, to have exactly what you just said. Like someone to be yeah. able to connect with me when I'm not here and have them in my ears and have a way for them to consciously create in their own life as a manifestation of the resonance, right? That they feel their yeah. like ears. so. Yeah,
1: I love it. Keep going, girl, keep going.
0: Love it. So, what would you say? What would what does one take? A dream of teaching meditation to such a grand scale. I don't know what the number is now, but I remember at Podfest you said fifty five million downloads. Like, yeah. how does one go from <laughs> from that, from the vision, from the walks with Chris, and to not knowing right to this space of fifty five plus? Million downloads now with Women's Meditation Network.
1: Um, yeah, it has been a journey. I mean, I, I feel like the best way to explain it, and those numbers are right. Um, so the the biggest way to explain it is just like one step at a time. And the most important part of that whole journey has been my mindset. Has been what is possible? What story am I telling myself that is making this hard? What story can I choose to, to own instead that will allow me to live into this vision that I see my big, um, uh, you know, my word for, I, I choose a word every year for the, you know, for the year. And it's funny how they, it always manifests, right? So this year in January, I, ch- I chose the word chi. So if anyone out there has ever seen, um, uh, Kung Fu Panda, that's the chi that I imagined. I think it's number three. Where he's like, you know, it's all about him getting and getting in touch with his chi. And to me, chi is like, it's the energy of all things, right? And that we're all connected. But within self, it's sort of like when you get, when you can touch your chi and you get that, you shine. Like, it's not about the ego anymore. It's not about what did I accomplish. It's not about who likes what I'm doing. It's not about the numbers. It's just like, oh, I am as... Optimal as I can be, and that's shining out into the entire universe. And whatever impact that's making, it's a big one, right? So that's my word this year. And so it's been interesting because I became what kept creeping up was this question Katie, who do you have to be in order to run this business and grow this, you know, this publishing house really is what I believe that it is this publishing house, this media company who do you have to be in order to do that who do you have to be in order to have Chi because it's not just the business right it's all these other parts of my life. So who do I have to be in order to do that so that one question has has forced me to sort of expand how I'm thinking about things and and um, and expanding about what's possible and and seeing things that were that I had labeled as really hard to do all of a sudden I'm like, well the person who's the Katie who's running you know you know this high level, Publishing house wouldn't think that that was hard. She would figure out how to do that, and who would she know who could help her do that? Right, um, the Katie who's who's doing this at such a high level and not burning herself out looks like that would choose this instead right now. You know, would choose to take a nap with her daughter right now instead of trying to push her to get another couple of things done. That's the person that she is. So, um, so that question has been incredibly helpful uh, in helping guide me to that. Um, and that's that's how it's happened like that's how i find myself here with those numbers and with those amounts of listeners because i feel like i just continue to to tune in every step of the way primarily to myself like does this feel good what do i want where do i want to take this and and then i'm just super blessed to have a husband who is also a podcasting and business genius And so the fact that I have this person in my life to like constantly brainstorm with and rattle with, and he can bring his ideas and I can let go of ego saying, I know how to do it better. Like I can let go of that and say, no, you and I are going to work together here. Like he's definitely an active part of my business. And so, um, you know, that has flourished, like our, our ability to work together and me to hear what he's saying, to take it seriously, to implement it, to see what our gifts are together and to really be able to 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 implement that and, and put it, push it forward is is has been key and just to be in touch like i i i have this image of like me constantly like being rooted in myself like a tree right like not out there with the glitz and the glory of like where i am now like that's not where i live i live rooted as this tree very very in touch with who i am and what makes me optimal at any given moment and for me that means eating well you know, staying hydrated, trying my best to get as much sleep as possible. It's not always pot. My kids are waking me up every night these days. I don't know what that is going on there. Um, You know, um, moving as much as I can, exercising, um, having those very boring, making sure that those very boring things in life, like these things I just rattled off are actually taken care of because those allow me to to run at my prime. You know, those allow me to run really well to make sure I'm staying, you know, having time with my husband every single week just he and i like that all those things are very important so that i'm like from the inside out feeling like i am primed and ready to do what i need to do at any given moment to to build and piece together this mosaic of life that i am building
0: mm, yeah i love how you brought nature into this i was going to ask you that earlier but you so beautifully just brought that in and being rooted in myself Right, it's not the numbers, it's not the downloads. Even when you were speaking earlier from Biz Coaching or Biz Women Rock to the evolution of Women's Meditation Network, I was thinking about myself and my own clients. And it's not the website, it's not you know the landing page. I mean, all those things you know matter, but the essence of what to me success is in in any venture is exactly what you said: chi. It's the energy, right, and the intention with which you put behind it that makes it what it is, right? That's the essence of what makes that unit, that entity come alive. Yeah. And I love the question you said, and I wrote this down just for myself or anyone listening, if you want to write the question that you ask yourself, what story am I telling that's making this hard, right? That ego mind, because that always gets in the way. And then you shift it to this visualization of asking yourself, you know, what would the Katie, the creator of Women's Meditation Network, your higher self, right? That balancing the ego, what would she do mm-hmm. in this moment, right? Would she push through? Would she, right, hustle? Or would she spend time with her daughter and with family and, and what really matters, right? And just always kind of pausing and in, in each moment to tune in, right, to your mm-hmm. higher self to see what your higher self would do, right? And mm-hmm. then just do that right? Not to, to overthink it or ruminate in your mind because that's where, again, it creates these stories yeah. that keeps it hard.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So again, this conversation has been amazing. I could talk to you for hours, but I want to be mindful <laughs> of your time. And, and of course, everyone listening, um, if you have a few moments, I just have a few rapid fire questions that I yeah, like let's to ask all it. my guests and, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, what quote inspires your life and work? Or a Ooh,
1: mantra. Um, the, the first one that comes to my mind, uh, I don't think it's the sexiest. I think it's really overplayed, but I love it. Um, it's uh, and I don't even know who quoted it, but it's uh, "She believed she could, so she did." And I just think that that is like so simple. If you believe in yourself, you just take action and you do like you and you figure it out. So I feel like it's such a simple and powerful quote.
0: I love that she believed she did, so she could. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't know who says that. Maybe it's. Is Eleanor Roosevelt, maybe I don't know. I don't know why. That I don't happened. think so, but I don't know. She believes she could, so she did. Absolutely. Yeah. And belief is, is the root of everything. You know, I believe if you don't believe in anything, same as spirituality, a lot of people are like, oh, it's woo woo, or it's this doesn't exist because I can't conceive it with my logical mind. Well, if you don't believe it, then it won't come into existence, right? So belief right. is always that first, that root, you know, that seed uh, right. in the ground that's that everything comes from. So I do want to go back to nature real quick. Um, it reminds me of one of Einstein's favorite quotes. This is one of my favorite quotes. Look deeper into nature and then you will understand everything better. I know you have a devout love for nature. Yes. What does nature teach you?
1: Um, I think I'll steal that quote now for my answer. Um, <laughs> I It teaches me uh, simultaneously how important and special I am. And also how I'm a tiny speck in this, you know, canvas of something so much bigger and and that is equally empowering and also humbling. So it allows me to not take everything so seriously, which I can, I have a tendency to do. Um, And, and just, I don't know, gives me just a big deep breath reminding me that like, I'm a part of something so much bigger and, you know, there are rhythms here, there are cycles, there are seasons, and I, there's I, there are rhythms and cycles and seasons in my life, in my day, in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of grace that comes along with that. So yeah.
0: That's really beautiful. The, the Both the vastness, right? We are point, Deepak Chopra says, right? Point 0.001% of the universe, but also the bringing humanity back into it, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's very humbling. That's really beautiful. So I know you are a writer and you love writing. So I'm sure you love reading as well. What books would you say or book changed your life?
1: Um oh man, so many of them. Uh ironically, I'm also a C se- I would consider myself a seasonal content intaker, meaning like sometimes I read a lot of books in a cup co- for a couple months, and then sometimes I go like six months without touching a book or even a year without touching a book. So I go in seasons of all that. Um I will just say the one recently that really shifted me was, uh, called can't hurt me by David Goggins. Um, he is just this amazing human being, uh, you know, Navy SEAL ultra marathoner. And he just, the entire thesis of the, of the book is about really challenging your mind to, to understand that you could do things way beyond what you are told or you think you can do. So it's a really, um, it's a really good book to kind of kind of dissolve all those stories that are telling you, you can't right. Uh, And really pushing you beyond what you think physically and even mentally and spiritually that is possible. So he, I love that book. I've kind of listened to that one over and over again.
0: Mm, Can't hurt me by David Goggins. I'm going to link that up in the show notes and add it to my Amazon cart. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And it really speaks the spirit again of this whole conversation of from breakdown to breakthrough, right? That's what it is, is working through that ego mind. And you said he's an ultra marathon or a Marine and like all these things he's done, like you can only do that by the power of the mind. You know, I, myself ran a marathon and I just remember that whole experience. I always say it wasn't the physical distance that I ran, the 26, right? This is what got me there. My mind got me there. Sure, I trained, sure. But like, if it wasn't for this, I wouldn't have been able to cross that finish line, right? And right. that taught me exactly as you just said: you're so much more capable of what you can ever conceive, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Yeah, so, I love that. Well, being the Alive Podcast, I want to close with my classic question: What makes you come alive?
1: Ooh, um, there's so many. <laughs> uh, I'm, I would say um, and the first thing that comes to my mind is my girls in that, like being present with my girls really makes me come alive. Um, there's a difference between being their mom and being present with them at any given moment. I'm very consciously present with my girls as much as I can be. And in those moments of presence, it's, there's just so much life there. And it just like, just lightens everything. It just feels really fun. And it just, um, it, everything is raw and vibrating with this beautiful energy and, um, and it's beautiful. Like it oftentimes just brings tears to my eyes. Like, wow. Like watching my, my girls like hug each other. Right. Like, wow, it's really beautiful. Like, wow, that's so cool that they do that. They're, they're best friends. Right. So yeah, my girls, uh, being present with my girls really makes me feel alive.
0: Oh, I love that. Like children, you create life and then they they create life in return, right? Yeah, they bring yeah. everything back alive. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, how can our listeners stay connected with you, Katie?
1: Yeah. So um, the first thing is that if you are interested in listening to any meditations, just um, go to the podcast player you're listening to this on and type in meditation for women and all of the different podcasts I have will come up and you can go subscribe to any of them that feel uh, like they would be helpful for you. and um, And so you can have me in your ears that way. Um, or you can always go to womensmeditationnetwork.com and, you know, just get all the information there that you need. Um, and that's that. And then I'm on Instagram. I'm very non, I'm not very active on social media these days. I'm on Instagram and that's pretty much it. I haven't showed up to uh, many of the other ones for quite some time.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'll link that all up in the show notes. I love how you said that. Go in the same player that you're listening. To. Yeah. <laughs> a meditation for women, whether that's Apple, Spotify, any platform. Uh, I'm on all platforms as you are as well nope. at womensmeditationnetwork.com, and then on Instagram as you seasonally uh, consume content. Yeah. <laughs> Katie Kremitzos. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been such a joyful conversation. Just, just so full of, of life and intention and meaning. And I just really, really treasure this experience today. Um.
1: Jessica, thank you so much. It is truly an honor to be here and to have this conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share the love with somebody in your world that really needs this message today. And if you're feeling extra generous, I would absolutely love if you would subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and rate and review. Interested to know how this show has helped you come alive. As the great Benjamin Disraeli said, action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. That is where we truly come alive. And now I have an opportunity for all of you listeners to engage with all of the content and inspiration you gain from these episodes. Just visit the link bit.ly backslash alive with Jessica to listen to each episode and snack all the show notes and freebies that come with each episode to help you bring the spirit of the teachings to life.